It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. A day off from Sacramento Kings basketball means a day that I don't have to talk about what more than likely will end up being a loss. Instead, I can welcome a great guest on the Locked On Kings that I haven't had on in quite some time. Morgan Reagan from the Deuce and Mo podcast, of course, and also from now Sacramento Kings television hosting Kings pre and post game on NBC Sports. Morgan is going to join me. She's back here on Locked on Kings. We're talking about a ton of stuff uh, from the Kings being in the mix in the play in. Uh, we talk about Monty McNair trying to make a swing for the fences moves and, and, and players to potentially target the idea of moving on from De'Aaron Fox versus moving on from Tyrese Halliburton. Morgan and I discuss so much. You're going to want to listen to every single second of today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, formerly for Sports 140 KHDK Radio in Sacramento, now with ABC 10 News and Television, and I'm so, so, so so excited to have Morgan Reagan here on the Locked On Kings podcast. It's been a long time since I've been able to have her on. Like I mentioned in the intro, we talk about a bunch of stuff. Uh, you are not going to want to miss any part of this conversation. And Morgan and I also want to hear your thoughts in regards to this conversation because we touch on a bunch of different things. Uh, and you can weigh in on all of them. Best way to do that is to reach me on Twitter at MattGeorgeSec. Uh, you can uh, email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com or feel free to leave your thoughts down in the YouTube comment section uh, down below if you're watching on YouTube. Appreciate all your support as always. I'm not going to waste any more time. Here is my conversation with TVs. Morgan Reagan. Man, I've been ma- uh, working on making this interview happen for a while here on Locked On Kings. It's been three seasons since Locked On Kings has been blessed with Morgan Reagan back on the pod. And Momo, things are a little bit different with you now this time around. Not only are you continuing the great work that you do on the Deuce and Mo podcast, not only are you continuing your great work that you do outside the Deuce and Mo podcast, now all of a sudden she's television's Morgan Reagan on the host of Kings pre and post game Mo, So much stuff is happening for you. It's unfortunate though that you're uh, you're starting all this in a season that may be one of the most difficult in the history or recent history of the Sacramento Kings to watch. Matt, two things. First of all, you just named everything I'm doing. You're doing a hundred million things as well. But on top of that, do you realize you just said the last time that I did this show, I believe now, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was when Dave Yeager was still coaching Mm -hmm. and you interviewed me on the sideline and 
I was basically saying to you, like, they would be so stupid to fire Dave Yeager. Like, who would do that? No, he's fine. He's not in the hot seat. And then like a day later, he was fired. <laughs> so basically, everything I need you to say, only negative things in this interview. So the positive things will happen because we're trying everything at this point in time to get some positive juju for this Kings team. And Mo, you've watched Kings basketball for a very long time, well before you started hosting a pre and post game. You have experienced the downs of this 15-year playoff drought. I can't explain it, but to me, this is the most difficult team to watch in this entire playoff drought for me, even though I haven't been covering the team for that entire time. Is it the same way with you? Yeah, and and no, and it's fine that you hadn't been covering the team that much longer. You still, you've been invested, Matt. You understand. You really do understand this ride totally to the fullest, and I don't know what it is, just like you. I can't put into words. I can't analyze or describe why this team has us mostly down in the dumps, feels like rock bottom. But what I think it is, what I'm going to say that that may be as factored in is because it has been 15 years and the expectations going into this season, people were feeling like this could be the turnaround. And instead of a turnaround – it's like things just got worse. And when that happens, you're, you're human, your emotions, they're going to just plummet and go rock bottom. And that's why I feel like we are where we are while we're watching beautiful basketball happen in so many other small markets that felt like they were in the same place as us. Yeah, I think the best way I can describe how I'm feeling this season is just a, just a state of exhaustion. And, and you, Kenny, uh, Matt Barnes on pre and post game, Kyle, Katie, Mark on the on the broadcast. You guys have a, a difficult job, a fun job, don't get me wrong, but a difficult job of trying to carry on a conversation when it seems like it's the same thing on a nightly basis. Hell, I have a hard time doing it four to five times a week in a 30 minute format on a locked on Kings podcast. I can't even imagine on the broadcast seeing the same thing on a nightly basis and not necessarily spinning it, but trying to present it in a different way. And there's one thing, Morgan, that you talked about recently. Uh, you were doing your crossover segment right before the game started with Kyle and, and, and Katie. And you guys were all talking about New Year's resolutions with this team. And, and I love what you said, Morgan. You Your New Year's resolution was this team making making some moves, some changes having to come, which is, is pretty much how I feel and a lot of people feel watching this Kings team. This core obviously isn't working together. As talented as this roster is, they're not gelling. They haven't gelled for three years. You need to make some kind of change. And I didn't take offense to Kyle's response, but I didn't like Kyle's response in the sense that he said, like, what do you want to do? The Kings to go out and get LeBron James. And but that's not really necessarily what bothered me. What bothered me is that he said the Kings are building something here. What in the world, Morgan Reagan, are the Kings building here? Because all I see is them building bad habits. I love Kyle. I always I love because Kyle and I always have like opposite reactions and then when we do have something that is along the same lines of things I just I love it when our energies are in the same place but you're right like I even said this the other day to him too when I was like it's like this team needs a heart transplant which is like a whole new heart which is a whole new team doesn't mean you're going to go out and get a LeBron James. Doesn't even mean you're probably going to get someone like Ben Simmons, John Collins, CJ McCollum. Uh, you can name all those guys, Jalen Brown, all those guys that seem like they could be in the mix of wanting or of possibly being in trade talks. The Sacramento Kings are most likely not going to get those guys, mm-hmm. but those are the guys that you need. So then what's the next thing? You don't just give up and fold and go, well, like, what do we do now? 
you you keep trying to make that change. You take risks. Even if you feel like a move and you feel like, man, that player might not be as good as what we're trading them for. Let's say it was like Buddy Heald for some other role player. And we're thinking, oh, man, is that just another tweak? Well, what you have to believe in is a system that you have or the developmental uh, system that you may have in place. But with Sad Matt, that's not in place in Sacramento. So where does this all start? It all starts with really finding that heart transplant with the culture, the identity. And I think that's going to come really big in this off season when they do a nice big coaching search. Let's say they do get a coach with more of an identity and like standards and everything. It's just going to be the start again of something new that it's going to take time and patience, but it also does not have to do with the personnel, this core, you got to break it apart. I don't care where you make those tweaks and how you make those tweaks. It's time to break it apart. And when you talk about breaking it apart, there's, there's two ways to look at it. There's complete blow it up and, and, and more than likely move on from one, probably not both, but one of the two of De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halbert. And that's the extreme way to look at it. And then there's moving on from, um, pieces like uh, Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes, who's been a fan favorite, maybe even Rashawn Holmes, these pieces that you might like that on paper should work, but just haven't worked over these last three seasons. But when you talk about changing the culture, uh, I agree with you that that's going to our a, a proper coaching search, which hasn't been executed really in the last, maybe even in the entire tenure of uh, Vivek Ranadive as owner. I don't think the Kings have executed a proper coaching search. So that's going to have a big effect on things. But how much do De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton play uh, a part in that as well? Because I see a Kings team that has struggled to adopt a system and have success with a system long term and i put that on guys like fox and halliburton who hallie's just in his second season but they're floor generals they're point guards they're guys that are supposed to take that system and bring it onto the floor and make sure it's executed and we haven't seen that yeah i think you know and everyone always talks about this they go back to and not comparing player for player just more of the situational aspect of this but you look at monte ellis and steph curry when that whole Mm. situation was going on with the warriors and it's like but we're not getting over the hump. What do we need to do? Well, the Kings aren't even at the hump, right? There's no hump to go over. And so like they do need to make that big change and probably decide, but I would love, I would love if they could keep both those players and trade or not trade, but like move around some of those other players you're talking about, whether it is Rashawn Holmes, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, like, you know, make those tweaks around these two guys, make these two guys your core. Cause I think sometimes we go, I don't know if they can work together. And and then we're seeing these moments that they do work together. But if you are going to get rid of a guy, it's obviously going to be De'Aaron Fox over Tyrese Halliburton. And that's Mm -hmm. more goes to because of the way that De'Aaron Fox only knows how to play basketball one way. Mm -hmm. And that's put the ball in his hands, go downhill, right? And now he started creating that shot for himself last year, but then we saw it kind of disintegrate in this year and it's just really not in part of his game so if you were going to trade someone like De'Aaron Fox I know you you want and you deserve such high value for De'Aaron but there's so many other teams around this league right now that are like um you have De'Aaron Fox who is on a losing team for his entire five seasons that he's been there well we have John Collins who has done this well we have Jalen Brown who has done this you know like there's just so many other guys out there with bigger resumes that are more tradable for other star players where we in Sacramento believe De'Aaron Fox is something. And I'm sure 
uh, Monty thinks that deer and Fox is something else to this high value, but I just don't know what you're going to get out there right now. And that's why I like, Hey, if you can't get the right things, make two great or two good players work together in Sacramento and change around the rest. And De'Aaron Fox's contract too, I think plays a big uh, factor in his is being traded because when you're trading someone who is making max money that he could make, who uh, is on a bad team, who does have the excuses attached when you're trying to get equal value for that, it's extremely difficult to do. Uh, even when the contract is favorable, uh, let alone how many years are now tied up and how much money is now tied up in Fox for the next few years, which to be fair, I have no problem with. I, I'm, I think, De'Aaron deserves any penny, every penny that he's being paid. Uh, but you have to issue that into account when you're talking about trading De'Aaron Fox. But that's kind of the avenue that I've been pursuing and discussing uh, more here on Locked on Kings than anything else. Not trading Fox specifically, but Morgan, I've been clamoring for a while. I wanted it this offseason. We didn't get it. I want it this season before the trade deadline. I'm waiting for Monty McNair to make a swing for the fences move. I'm waiting for the Kings to try something, go all in. Uh, and it's, it's not a direct comparison, but I look back to the the only time that the Kings have been successful uh, in Sacramento's history or the Sacramento era was when they took a risk, traded Mitch Richmond for a disgruntled Chris Webber, and it turned into the glory years. That was a big risk by Jeff Petrie at the time, and it worked. I'm not saying that it's guaranteed to work if McNair were to pull it off, yeah. but that's the only thing that I see that this Kings team hasn't fully tried over the course of this playoff drought. And if I have to trade De'Aaron Fox in order to get that done, assuming I'm getting a Jalen Brown-type player back, I'm interested in making that move. And more importantly, Morgan, I have no problem throwing in every single future draft pick that I need to, to get that deal done. Draft picks mean nothing to me at this point. Where are you yeah. at with that? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. It's where there's nowhere else to go. Like we're at the lowest of the lows. The hopelessness is here and it's no knock on players. When, especially here in Sacramento, that's, what's crazy. There's some pretty good individual talent on this squad that does not mesh together as a team. And I don't know if you know this basketball is a team sport, so you need it to mesh together as a team. I know mind blowing, right? <laughs> so I'm so with you on that whole scenario. If that has to be the case, the splash move, all that, but Matt, whenever I start talking about this like splash move for Monty McNair to be, you know, super aggressive and do something different, I just keep saying like, there's so many other teams out there mm. that have so much more to offer for these splash moves. And mm. I, I'm hoping because of what he maybe saw Daryl Morey do with the Houston Rockets when he was there with him, you know, being that star finder, just go after, you know, big names, big guys. Like maybe that's part of his identity as a GM, but it's not showing yet. And if that is going to be a part of it, do whatever you have to do. Sell Matt George's firstborn with De'Aaron Fox to get what you No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, I considered it for a fraction of the second. I considered it. I, I was with you a minute. I was with you there a little bit. I saw your mind go, ooh, I can sleep again. <laughs> Today's Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue the march to the playoffs here in the NBA, the NFL playoffs right around the corner and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all of the best sports wagering action for 2022. They've claimed the year, even though it's still just January. It's a new year and new updated desktop or mobile uh, device website for you 
to check out. And when you sign up today on Bet Online, you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code locked on L O C K E D O N, all one word from football to basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How do you evaluate Monty McNair to this point? Because uh, some people are saying already his job could be in hot water, which I think is absurd for a first-time general manager who really has only had one full offseason. But to be fair, during that full offseason and all of last season, he hasn't really done anything. And everybody's wondering, is, is Monty awake? Is he alive? Is he in hibernation? What's going on with Monty McNair? We, of course, don't have a glimpse of the behind-the-scenes stuff. But he also had two trades that would have been pretty favorable trades that fell apart. So how much do we give him a pass for that? And how much do we go, well, no, this is a results league, Monty. You're a general manager now. You, you, there's no excuses. You have to get a trade like that done. Yeah, the the almost trades are so frustrating, right? Even if they're not his fault, they're go- because your name and your position and who you are, they're going to fall on you no matter what. Even if they are almost trades and it was Milwaukee's fault, it was whoever else's fault, right? But I think when I look at what he's doing so far, I'm like, ooh, he understands talent in the draft. You know, I felt good about Tyrese Halliburton, that basketball IQ. Steve Kerr would love to have Tyrese Halliburton right now on that Warrior squad, even though they're still so good together because they have a plug-and-play system. But you look at Davion Mitchell, and we know what he's capable defensively. And I know we look around the league and we're seeing some of these other rookies like Franz Wagner, who was picked obviously before uh, Davion Mitchell, but you're looking at some of these guys and you're like, God, they're contributing to their bad teams right away. So are we, are we giving him love for Davion Mitchell? Are we giving him, are we taking back that love for Davion Mitchell? I'm still giving him love because mm-hmm. I think that that basketball IQ and that mentality, he is the thirst to learn and to grow in this league. And so he is going to do things in this league, but now look at the trades, right? You look at the almost trades, you look at what hasn't been done. You look at the tweaks that were done. And then you look at like Tristan Thompson being on this squad and all these bigs and you go, where is the next move? And I think where we can criticize is like, Hey, you're not being aggressive enough in this team is at rock bottom from the players to the fans to this community. Everyone is feeling media members. Everyone is feeling this hardcore and it's not to put pressure and be like, okay, you better get something done. It's more like you have nothing to lose at this point, except your job. If you don't get aggressive and make stuff happen. And that's what he said he wanted to do from day one when he came in. He said he wanted to make sure this team was flexible enough to be able to make big moves like that. Of course, Kings have been attached to Ben Simmons. I don't know if you have an opinion one way or another about the addition of Ben Simmons in Sacramento. Now the Indiana Pacers, they're a fire sale going on right now, allegedly with DeMontis Sabonis and Miles Turner potentially being available. I love Jalen Brown. I don't know if the Boston Celtics are making Brown available, but I'm going to speak it into existence. If Brown is available, I want him here in Sacramento. Are there any of those names that I list or other names out there that you think, okay, that would be an excellent 
target a great fit that could make an immediate impact that the Kings are looking for, even if they have to give up a player like Fox to get it done. 100%. I mean, I look at Jalen Brown, now John Collins and Mm -hmm. Ben Simmons, which Ben Simmons, I'm always on the, well, how would he make this team better if he's not even playing? How would he make this team better if, you know, he's mentally, he was on a team that was winning, a winning culture that obviously didn't give him the love that I think he deserved, but you would just be coming to a losing culture that is broken. So how would that help Ben Simmons game? You know, so I look at these situations, but what I also look at Matt, like these teams aren't going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, um, we'll do De'Aaron Fox, someone else, someone else just for Jalen Brown. I don't see that happening. I just see these other squads with even a broken CJ McCollum. And even with Dame Lillard, I'm shocked that Portland isn't going to try to break things up and just be like, all right, let's blow it up and let's, you know, see what we can do here. I just feel like there's going to be so many other options out there that teams aren't going to be as excited for someone like De'Aaron Fox and, or they're going to try and sell low on De'Aaron Fox, even though I think De'Aaron Fox should be obviously valued at a higher level. And I think that's because we're in Sacramento one and we see what he does, what he has done. And we've seen his growth and his dips, but I still feel like he has such high potential and will do great on other squads. But yeah, those names, I want them all. I just don't know how, if you're Monty McNair, you get it done. And that's why I'm telling you, you got to sell babies, players, cars, whatever you got. to You keep pitching it to me and I'm, I'm buying in every bit more and more every single time. I might have to have a tough conversation with my wife, but it's for the better of the city, not just uh, my family. Um, there's been so much chaos with this organization for 15 years. So many things that have been out of control, so many changes. The one thing that has been constant Morgan during this entire uh, playoff drought has been the support of Sacramento Kings fans with the exception of, I guess maybe a couple seasons when the Kings were really bad before the relocation era. I know Arco arena wasn't necessarily filling up on a nightly basis at that point in time, but the steady decline of attendance since the Golden One Center opened, I think has been something to pay attention to. This season, attendance is way down. Of course, there are all the reasons for COVID and vaccination statuses and stuff to bring into account. So you can't just dismiss all that. But this is the first time that I've seen and talked to a lot of fans who are going from pissed off and frustrated to just indifferent. And I think indifference should be terrifying to Vivek Ranadive and that Kings organization because if they lose the fan support that really Sacramento can only provide and what makes Sacramento so special, even with this team being as bad as they've been for so long, this, this organization to me has almost nothing at that point. Have you noticed that trend? Uh, do you think... I'm over-exaggerating things a little bit, or do you think we're getting to a point where fans are like, yeah, you know, this just 15 years of this, it's not worth it for me anymore. I I don't think you're exaggerating. I think we see it how we see it. I think we've been dramatic in the past. Mm -hmm. I think we've been dramatic at times, but we're hearing, Matt, you and I both do whoever else is in this media. Like we get to hear from the fans, from uh, national media, from local media, from so many different people, like the vibes of what's going on and then, then how people are actually feeling. And then you see it with your own eyes. Like last night, one of the, the lowest attendance, you know, this year, Cavs versus Kings, like it's happening and it's bad. And I think 
they should be more worried about fans not caring, right? It's like, you're almost better off when people are mad, people are sad, people are like feeling angry. But when people start not to care is when you should worry. And so how do you do that? You've got to make the change to make people care again. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes whenever I throw out the word change, people go define change. What, what do you mean? And I think I I'm talking about those splash moves, right? Even if you can't make them, you got to do every damn thing you can to try and make it happen. Um, when it comes to coaching, especially in the off season, this coaching search should be should already have started, right? Mm -hmm. Like I know I really like Alvin Gentry. I really do. I just don't know what well, I feel like I know. I just don't think he should probably be the head coach for the Sacramento Kings going into next year. Like you're seeing you need an entirely different identity. I think if that identity and that culture changes, whether that is with a splash move player or in the draft or whatever that is, Kings fans will start to care again. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, I, I liked the idea. I Last season, Morgan, I loved the play-in. I love the addition to the play-in. I understood how it, it discourages more teams from, from tanking and it gives teams outside of the playoffs later on in the season more of a reason to try and something to go for. And I appreciate that. Plus the play-in games, at least in the West last season, were phenomenal. This season, I can't stand it. And the reason why I can't stand it is I feel like it's the rug that the Sacramento Kings are trying to brush their dust under. And what I mean by that is the Western Conference is so bad that even with the Kings 11 games under 500, they're so very much in the mix for that 10th seed that they can kind of play off how bad they've been to say, hey, we're still in the hunt. We're still in the mix. And the way I look at it, this Kings team to me does not belong in any kind of postseason conversation to me, just how I, I seen this team play. They don't belong in that conversation. They don't look like they belong anywhere remotely near the playoffs, yet they'll continue to say, we're still in the mix for the play and we're still in the mix for the play. And do you think the play in is potentially going to hurt the organization with where they're at, maybe force them to make a, a, a bad move or two, maybe even did so at the trade deadline last season? Or do you still think it is a blessing for this Kings team to potentially allow them to sneak into an actual playoff picture? I don't think it's going to, I don't think the plan is going to hurt. I think when you look at this season though, I love the plan. I, I think the plan's uh, fantastic, fun, gives you some, gives losing teams sometimes something else to look forward to. But being in Sacramento and seeing how this team is losing, it's like, you don't even deserve it. I know it's not easy to win in the NBA. I completely understand that. But you look at this squad as a whole and you're just like, this team I don't want this team to be in there and have this false hope like, hey, that was improvement because that it, it is an improvement. There's just other teams that are doing worse than you. And you look at the spectrum of the Western Conference, the teams at the top compared to the teams at the bottom. It's like these are really good teams. And then you have the rest of the West and it's just like 
it's not very good basketball. It's not very fun basketball. It's not very competitive basketball. So I think the play in as a whole is a great thing. But when you look at this year with the Sacramento Kings, um, it's, I, I hope the organization just doesn't look at it like a Band-Aid, right? And be like, hey, we made the postseason. It's like, no, 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 no. Postseason playing two completely different things. And I hope the moves that are made would not just be made for playing. Because what? You're going to sell out a playing game and then lose that and then not have long, sustainable success for the future? I don't like it. Hell, at this point, you're not even selling out a playing game because it's going to be a road game that you're probably going to lose. And then you're sitting on the couch watching the playoffs just like you are every single year. But on one hand, Morgan, I can look at the rest of the season. I can see the trade deadline is less than a month away. I can see that we're only just barely halfway through. There's still plenty of time for the Kings to go on a run, turn things around. I know De'Aaron and Tyrese uh, have said as much. On the other hand, oh my God, we're only like 42, 43 games into the season. There's still so much to go. And based off of how the season has gone so far, it might be absolute torture. Uh, but what's not torture, Mo, is, is uh, seeing you on pre and post game. And a lot of people don't know this. Uh, when I started as an intern, really breaking into this business, uh, you were still at the radio station that I was working at. Uh, you were super encouraging, super helpful for me. You, you stayed positive even when uh, management was uh, was telling you to talk less. Uh, and now here you are on, on Kings pre and post game where you absolutely belong. It's been so much fun to watch that rise. I'm still jealous of the Deuce and Mo podcast success, and I'm trying to catch or hang on to the coattails you of you are. guys. You're but, killing it. Don't even. Oh, my God, Matt. No. Th Matt, there's Deuce and Mo. There's a million no. miles of crap, and there's everybody else this in the is, Sacramento This is Matt market. George's problem, everyone that's listening. He sells himself short. He's killing it. He's on the grind. He's doing everything he can to make all of this possible. I listen to Locked on Kings. I love everything that you're doing, Matt. Seriously, like do not stop because you are doing some amazing things in this business. And I know this community appreciates it. And I know, I know your baby doesn't understand right now, but they will understand when they're older, this grind and everything that you're putting in, the love that you're putting in for this team. So thank you for everything that you do. You will understand one day why I traded him for a playoff opportunity for the Sacramento <laughs> Kings. He'll he'll get it one day. And thanks for the kind words, Mo. Make sure you share them with Deuce so he can try saying a, a kind thing every once in a while. I know it's tough for him, but we'll yeah. we'll we'll draw it out of him. But check out Deuce and Mo on, on the, the famous Deuce and Mo podcast. Check out Morgan on pre and post game as well. Uh, Mo, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And let's not wait three seasons to do it again. Huh? Sounds good. Yeah, I'm excited. Let, let's let's hopefully the next time, but the next time we do get to talk to, it's like something more positive. We'll see. Huge thank you to Morgan for joining me again here on Locked on Kings. It was a real treat. I hope you enjoy that. Again, if you want to respond to anything that we talked about from trading to Aaron Fox to holding on to Aaron Fox, swing for the fences moves versus minor moves. Uh, you, you want to chime in on the conversation that Morgan and I had about uh, fans starting to just become indifferent with this team or already at a place of indifference with this team. If you want to weigh in on anything, please do so. Again, you can reach me on Twitter at MattGeorgeSack. Email me MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts down in the YouTube comment section down below. If you could leave a review of this Locked on Kings podcast, that would be phenomenal. Best way to do that is uh, to uh, go on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, hit five stars. There's also a little box where you can uh, type why you like listening to Locked on Kings or uh, it's a good place for constructive criticism if you have any 
why you'd encourage others, Kings fans or just basketball fans in general, to listen to the Locked On Kings podcast. I'd really appreciate that. And if you listen on Spotify, you can now rate. There's now a, a star system on Spotify. Hit five stars there as well. Uh, I would really appreciate that support and I appreciate you tuning in and listening. As always, the Kings play the Lakers tomorrow night inside the Golden One Center. We are going to have, or at least the plan is, to have a, uh, a Kings and Lakers uh, post-game pod for you. Hopefully the Kings can find a way to beat the Lakers, uh, even up the season series at, at two games apiece. Uh, and anytime the Kings and Lakers play, it's always a little extra interesting, even if this Kings team is has been really dreadful to watch uh, in recent weeks. Uh, so I hope you will tune in for that. And like I mentioned on yesterday's pod, I do have a Locked on Kings podcast uh, upcoming where I'm just going to dive into the hypothetical, the what if the Kings were to blow everything up and commit to a long-term rebuild, what has to go right, all the questions the Kings have to answer. I will be diving deep into that later on this week, so stay tuned for that. Appreciate all your support as always. Until next time, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast. Network. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.